0: Hello and welcome to Transport Topics Roadshow, the program that takes you to far out places to meet the most interesting people in freight transportation. We bring you this episode from CES 2020 in Las Vegas, where I sat down with Trevor Milton, founder and CEO of electric truck startup Nikola Motor Company. Trevor is a young entrepreneur with a bold vision for the future of trucking, so I thought it was especially fitting to speak with him at a huge technology show like CES, where you can see everything from next-generation consumer electronics to drones and robotics— and even self-driving cars as you wander through the crowds. Of course, with all that hustle and bustle, it's not an ideal environment for audio recording, so we actually ended up conducting the interview inside the cab of a Nikola hydrogen electric truck on display at the show. That definitely goes down as one of the more interesting settings for an interview I've experienced during my time at Transport Topics, but let's go ahead and get into that conversation right now. I'm here at CES in Las Vegas, and I'm very excited to bring in Trevor Milton, founder and CEO of electric truck startup Nikola Motor Company. Thanks for joining us, Trevor. Yeah, thanks for having me. So I'm sure most of our listeners are well aware of Nikola by now, a very high-profile company at this point, a very exciting uh, technology, Uh, but your company really sparked an ongoing conversation now uh, about the potential for electric trucks and zero-emission trucking. Uh, When you unveiled the uh, Nikola One back in uh, 2016, late 2016, uh, the notion of electric trucks still seemed pretty futuristic it wasn't really something that seemed like it was right around the corner um, but now all of the major truck OEMs have started introducing their own electric powered models and it's really a, a broader conversation uh, so Trevor I just want to start by asking you you know what made you an early believer in electrification and hydrogen fuel cells for trucking
1: yeah I mean it was uh, I've seen the writing on the wall for quite some time that emissions were going to be a problem uh, a lot of the other OEMs thought the diesels were going to be Modified or hybrids were going to come into play with diesels and that they were going to take everything over And so when we started this in 2016 when we actually showed off the Nikola truck in 2016 um, Everyone thought we were crazy. I mean we got called vaporware. We got called the fraud by one of the OEMs um, And the same OEMs now are coming out saying oh, yeah Electrification is the future and it's quite it's been quite interesting to see their turnaround from just three years from where we started we had so much traction so much um, so much positive response. And what happened was the government said, look, if Nikko can do this, we're going to mandate it. And so they, they just never saw it coming, and we did. And we really pioneered that space. And the idea was is that when you know when I first started, I, I, my goal was not necessarily just to eliminate emissions. It wasn't on my mind as the most important thing. My, the most important thing for me was solving all the problems that are in trucking, and there's a ton of them. Right. So it's an industry that's very broken. It's an industry that needs a lot of help. And so from a from a tech and innovative, you know, um, born in 1982, kind of that generation, the millennial generation, you know, we're, our, our minds are like hybrid between kind of what's happened in the past and what's going on in the present and what's going on in the future. It's a very unique, uh, we still know how to use rotary phones, but yet we're, we also know how to program, you know, drones. So it's a very interesting uh, dynamic our generation came from. A lot of the biggest innovations in the world came from my generation. And it, it, it took a unique Atmosphere for that to happen, hmm. and so for me it was the same thing with trucking. I saw this industry and I said, "Man, this thing's just a mess." You know, drivers are having a hard time. They're leaving their families. They're upset. There's all kinds of injuries on the job. technology's lagging behind automotive. Um, you know, nothing is attractive to drive. Um, people don't want to be considered. A, a lot of people then weren't proud of saying, "I'm a truck driver." You know, it's like, right. and I wanted to change that. I wanted to say, "You know what? No, you can be totally proud of being a truck driver, and not only that, but you can drive the." I want a truck that can outperform a diesel in every category. Well, the only way to do that was to build a locomotive semi truck. And that's what I wanted to do. So in 2016, we built the locomotive semi truck with motors on every wheel. And with all that performance, it had to be electric. So electric is just the Mm drivetrain. How you power it can be through batteries or through hydrogen or whatever. And we, we ultimately, uh, um, that was our goal was to, was to build something that would outperform a diesel in every category but had the ability to, uh, um, to, to bring all new drivers in, to bring pride to the trucking industry and to fix a lot of the problems like fuel prices and everything else.
0: Sure. So we're here at CES and you have a, a Nikola Class 8 model on display. This is a, a hydrogen electric truck, uh, your Nikola 2 model. Uh, it's, it's right here in the, the Rider System exhibit uh, just outside the Las Vegas Convention Center. Uh, so, so why go to this uh, uh, show? Like, why to ha- why have a Nikola model uh, on display at a, at a huge tech show like CES? So yeah, CES used to used to be just an
1: electronic show. It's a consumer electronic show is what it started out to be. And I think they ought to probably change it to like maybe like C-Test or some consumer technology electronic show, you know, because it, <laughs> right. it really is a, it, all about technology nowadays. And, it, yep. and the technology goes into every uh, industry. The automotive industry was never the, the 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 most like exciting industry to be in until the last five years. This is what the whole world's transformed. It's like everything is awesome is about automotive now. It's the new thing. So what's been really fun is is about having this truck here. We can show people that trucking is no longer this this industry that is unattractive. It's it's a beautiful industry. It's a it's an industry that you can be proud of being part of, um, and we can also solve a lot of problems. As we were walking around here, I'd hear people talk, and they would say, yeah, I've seen that thing online, but I never imagined how beautiful it was in person. Because it's a completely different design, and it really looks like a bullet train. And so the idea here is allow people to see what a, what a, mm. what a beautifully designed truck can be.
0: Yeah, and right now, uh, you know, there's kind of two main uh, technologies that people are discussing with zero-emission trucks. You know, Many of the electric truck prototypes we've seen are, are fully battery electric vehicles. Uh, you know, Nikola is pursuing that path, but also incorporating hydrogen fuel cell technology into uh, into his trucks. You know, essentially as a range extender, uh, along with some other benefits. But you know, why do you see fuel cells as a good complement to battery electric propulsion? Yeah, what's what a lot of people don't know is that
1: fuel cell and battery electric are the exact same platform. There's nothing different. Um, one you plug into the wall and it depletes as you use, and the other one continually charges as you use, which is the fuel cell. They don't actually. Hit the same exact market. Um, fuel cell is all about rapid deployment of trucks and running very light loads. So electric is all about driving cost down per mile because it's cheaper to drive than hydrogen. But you get a lot of disadvantages with weight. So Nikola offers both electric and hydrogen electric, and you can choose either one. But what that does is it allows you to hit the whole market because uh, you know pure battery is going to be really good for everything under 400 miles. So stuff that you're inner city, you're not weight sensitive. So free delay, moving chips, moving toilet paper, whatever—that's a really good application for electric. But when you get into really heavy haul, like Anheuser-Busch drinks or beer or or beverages like Coca-Cola or whatever, or even pork, every pound's worth fifty cents on every load. Hmm. So what does that mean? A Nikola truck, hydrogen truck, compared to a battery-only truck, um, can generate tens of thousands of dollars more in revenue a month for those loads that are heavy. So if you're not running heavy loads, it doesn't make any sense to run hydrogen. Battery is the is right. is the key for that. So there's a lot of people never talk about that. They always say, Oh, battery's everything or hydrogen's everything. They're just like they stick their head in the sand. <laughs> but what's really cool about Nickel is we don't we actually truly understand the market and say it's mm-hmm. not one or the other, it's both. Yeah, there's so many
0: applications in trucking and really you can you know the the optimal vehicle type is gonna depend on your operations. Yeah. It's not just, you know, one size fits all uh, in a you know, industry as, as fragmented and diverse as trucking. You know, as, apart from the vehicle itself, hydrogen fueling infrastructure, of course, is another key element for the, for the rollout of fuel cell trucks. Uh, Nikola, of course, has been working on that side of the business as well. Uh, so just give us an update. Tell us uh, you know, a little bit about the hydrogen fueling network that you envision at, at Nikola and, and how you'll get
1: there. Yeah, so when we started this company, that was kind of the idea is that fuel was one of the biggest problems in the trucking industry. So an owner-operator would pay 50 cents a gallon more in fuel than a big fleet would. And that's just not fair. That's really not cool because these guys are the ones struggling. And uh, the idea with Nikola was to simplify and to consolidate all the fuel to where we could provide it to everybody at the fixed cost and really drive out all that margin from these people making money off of truckers. So what we did is we knew that hydrogen was very expensive to produce. Up until Nikola came in the market, hydrogen was around $16 a a kilogram, U.S. dollars. Now Nikola is producing it well below $4 a kilogram. We have driven the cost down times almost four times. That's how, you know, one-fourth the cost of normal hydrogen production Nikola is now at. So what does that mean? Under $4 a kilogram means that you're cheaper, you're at or below the cost of diesel. So it's very, very similar to diesel. If diesel, it, it, so if diesel's three dollars a kilogram, uh, I'm sorry, three dollars a gallon, hydrogen can be four, and it's still cost parity because mm-hmm. hydrogen you get more efficiency out of the drivetrain. Okay. So ultimately, that's kind of the cost parity. So if hydrogen goes down to, to say three bucks or two bucks a kilogram to produce, that means diesel would have to be a dollar fifty to compete. It'll never go back down there. So that's the advantage this with with uh, nickel and the hydrogen is for the last four years now we've been working on the most advanced hydrogen station in the world it's actually in phoenix arizona it's larger than any other hydrogen station in the western hemisphere and so what we've been trying to do is make sure that we have all the protocols down how do you fill a truck this size that has 80 kilograms of hydrogen in 10 minutes how do you make sure it's competitive with a diesel you're not sitting there charging for two hours like a battery electric we wanted fast turnaround in and out quick and light and we've been working on that so we're we're right on the end uh you know right on the verge of it now with uh with you know with really trying to prepare this uh
0: this hydrogen station for full production and moving back to batteries you know Nico recently you know teased i would say uh some some new battery technology that you know, you've, you've said will really help uh, advance battery electric vehicles yeah a lot and uh you know from the outside looking in you know this is very fascinating but maybe still a little bit mysterious so you know what can you tell us uh, about the you know this battery technology at this stage uh, when will we know more and, uh, you know, when we'll be vetted by other EV experts and the yeah. kind of the broader world, uh, see what uh, you, know, you, you have in the works here.
1: Well, I think the fun thing about this is, is when we first came out with a Nikola truck, everyone said, oh, there's no way. These guys are vaporware, they're fake, they're they're frauds, they're liars, like all these, you know, these, these wonderful comments. And that's okay. And it actually, it, it, it's good for the industry to have that skepticism. I, I don't blame anyone for that. As a matter of fact, it made me work harder. But what we did is we came out and we proved to everyone that we really did have what we promised. And that was a humongous kind of drop the mic moment for the industry. Every OEM around the world now is spending billions just to catch up because they thought that Nikola was not legitimate. And now they're terrified. And so what happens is is I'm, I spend my, most of my entire time looking at the whole market about new innovations that are going to fix major problems. And I'm usually five to ten years ahead thinking around problems that are coming our way that are not here yet. So what I did is I, I, I've been looking around the world at all the different uh, professors, all the different groups, all the different companies working on new battery technology. And I knew what I was looking for, but there was only a couple people dabbling in the industry that I wanted. It was specifically to what, the, what I wanted. That is solving, getting rid of the really complex metals like nickel, magnesium, cobalt. Get rid of the child labor. Get rid of all these environmental problems that come with batteries um, that actually offset all the good we're trying to do. So that was kind of my goal and and there's only two or three groups doing exactly what i was looking for and i found them and we helped fund them and they were on the verge of the of success with it and they actually were able to achieve it through our funding and what was cool is now we have a battery that's been cycled over 2000 times on every on tons of cells a regular lithium ion would only get half of that without major damage to the battery we can we're double the double the cycle life of a regular lithium ion and we're about Half to one quarter the cost to produce than lithium ion, and we don't have any of the expensive metals. And it's really incredible. It said um, we should have productionized sales
0: probably by the year's end. Okay, well, something to watch. And uh, speaking of um, you know continued uh, movement forward, you know back in November, one of your early customers, Anheuser Busch, uh, made the first uh, commercial delivery when using one of your hydrogen electric trucks, and this was a load of beer in St. Louis. Uh, can you just speak to the the significance of that event for your company? You know, like just really moving freight now using these vehicles
1: yeah it it, that was one of the most exciting proud moments of my life because that was that was when you actually got to see the truck driving down st louis in st louis on the road the first truck ever in the beautiful red budweiser colors (laughs) driving a red budweiser you know uh, a trailer and you should have seen the the streets of uh, of st louis people (laughs) like trucks cars everything were stopped in the middle of the road they're like, they're driving down the road and they just stop, right? And they're just hanging out the window, trying to take pictures and photos. It was amazing seeing this truck drive down the road, delivering the, delivering the goods. And what was really ins- awesome, inspiring, exciting about that was, is that over the years and years and years to get there, that delivery was done on fuel cell. So a lot of people were like, oh, does your truck even run? You know, whatever. I and mean, we showed it off in Nikola World, but there's a lot of ways to try, you know, to, to kind of fake a truck working. And what was really neat about this is, is that there, there is nothing fake about the Nikola truck. It was the true fuel cell running. It was the batteries running. It was everything running, all the systems running. And it was, it was the very first commercial delivery we've ever done with Nikola, and it was with Anheuser-Busch. And it was just an incredibly awesome moment, um, in both in their company and ours. So imagine now beer being moved sustainably. They're now starting to produce it sustainably. I mean, just, I think it's just cool. Uh, People used to think it would cost you so much money more to do this stuff, and now you can actually do it cheaper.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, and what's the latest on you know the timing of a broader rollout of uh, Nikola's trucks? You know, both on the you know, the battery electric side versus and the you know the hydrogen uh, electric models. You know, how soon do you think you can get to a a broad rollout?
1: So 2020, we will have our battery electric trucks on the road for consumers to purchase. Actually, which is really cool. We did a huge deal with uh, Iveco, a joint venture with Iveco out of Europe. Billions of dollars of intellectual property was transferred as a joint venture from both of us um, to allow us to succeed. So we were able to use a lot of their chassis, a lot of a lot of their parts that have been certified. So for instance, like window regulators, you would never think how complicated a window regulator is. Well, it's like there's hundreds of those parts on a truck, and they've all been certified. And those are those are things that we're not good at. Like I mean, we're not expert part, uh, you know, button manufacturers. You know, and so. We, we really needed a partner, and EVECO came in and did that. And through that, what we've done now is we've been able to cut our time to market down by, like, 90%. So our battery electric truck will be on the road next year. I mean, incre- at the end of this year, 2020. So incredible. Within 12 months, our trucks will be ready to go with customers. Um, the, the fuel cell is about a year after that, a year and a half okay. after that. We're about two, two and a half years from production on the fuel cell. And people ask, man, what's taking so long? Well, there's a lot of things that happen. First of all, you can't have... Hydrogen trucks without hydrogen networks. Right. So our network's going up at the same time. The second one is, is the complexity of running, building a hydrogen truck is about 40 times more complicated than a battery truck. So it is incredibly complex. And you just, you know, it's more important to say, hey guys, you know what? We're going to be a year, year longer than we wanted. We know, you're, we know you're sad. But what you don't want is a driver calling you on the side of the road and he's broke down in a snowstorm. And he's like, I can't get out of here. I'm freezing to death. Like you want, they need trucks that work. And it's our obligation to deliver something that's safe
0: absolutely and of course uh another piece of it you know and you alluded to this earlier are emission regulations and government incentives for zero emission trucks uh you know much of the early deployment we've seen of battery electric trucks uh, thus far has been in southern california Uh, You know aided by government incentives. Yeah What's your view on this? I mean do you do you think that government incentives are going to be a requirement to spur adoption of electric trucks Uh, or do you see the the business case standing on its own uh, down the line Uh, and if so when in my opinion is the business
1: case should always stand on its own it should never be um, It should never have to be subsidized to make sense now there's a lot of there are a lot of good things that can come from incentives and the thing I like about incentives are is they give people incentive to do something rather than forcing them to do it. Now, in California, they've started to mandate that you go zero emission. And up until this point, it would have been a little difficult for me to say, "Okay, that's okay," because up until this point, the technology wasn't there. Um, and now the technology is there. So when something is there and it does function, I'm all for getting rid of um, all the crap out of the air. And if we can, if if we can give drivers a better truck that's safer, that's way more awesome to drive that it actually creates turns this industry into something better and there's a a big positive from it rather than a negative and we can give drivers more money and everything else that's those are the things from this truck you're saving 20 30 percent over your existing costs on diesel so some of that will be passed to drivers so in that situation i think that um, with with california mandating that people go zero emission now the technology is there i think that's a as long as it's as long as it's there with a business case that stands on its own, so when those incentives dry up, it doesn't collapse the whole industry, I'm okay for it.
0: Okay, and then just a real quick follow-up on the, the business case, you know, not just for you know the very large fleets, but also for the smaller and mid-sized companies that are maybe looking at this, but don't really have a whole lot of capital and, and operate on thin margins. Uh, and, of course, trucking itself has been traditionally a fairly conservative business when it comes to new emerging technologies. I think that's changing. Uh, but what will it take uh, for maybe small and mid-sized fleets to someday adopt battery electric and, and hydrogen electric trucks? I
1: I think that's really where Nikola was founded. Actually, was the idea of trying to balance the the allowing everyone to have the equal chance of opportunity when it comes to when it comes to success and paying the same for fuel. It drove me nuts. I it would break my heart. I would know friends that were paying fifty cents, sixty cents, or more than one of the big truck trucking companies. And all that money just went right to that corporation rather than the family that needed it. And uh, it was all about a margin about high-quantity purchasing, taking advantage of drivers. So Nikola was really founded on the idea of us controlling the fuel and allowing everyone to have the same access to it. So now a driver can increase his pay by $40,000, $50,000 a year because he's no longer paying the exorbitant prices, price gouging of diesel that he would normally pay. And so that's I think that's the, the cool thing about this is it puts everyone on the same playing field. It allows people to uh, start making a a lot of money that they couldn't make before so to answer your question i think it's as soon as possible we're going to have it for it doesn't matter if you're small or big you're going to get access to the Nico truck
0: and what's the the future of diesel you know obviously uh, it takes a a while for new technologies to spread i mean they have to to reach the market and then there's a certain amount of time to, to permeate the market and uh, existing trucks, of course, will be used for, for many years under the used market. But uh, what 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 do you think is the, the future of, uh, of of the diesel engine and, and diesel trucks? I mean, do you um, truly see a day where um, you know in our lifetime there's no more diesel trucks? I think that um,
1: no more diesel trucks. No, because I mean the the light, they're you know it's not going to hit every industry in the world. Right. Um, and it's impossible to replace anything entirely. Um, but I can tell you that probably 80 to 90% of all the truck sales in the next 10 years will go all zero emission. So it's going to be, it's, it's just, it's just ramping up right now. So you're going to see a majority of them gone. Um, not all of them, but a majority. And, uh, um, I think that's really soon within 10 years. I think you're going to see probably up to 80 to 90% of all
0: orders will be zero emission within 10 years. Well, We'll certainly be watching that closely, and uh, before I let you go, I do also want to get your thoughts on uh, this show on CES. You know, how long have you been coming here, and uh, you know, has anything stood out to you this year? You know, I don't know how much time you've had to, to really wander the exhibits, it's a massive show, but is there anything that you see uh, that would be pertinent to, to transportation moving forward uh, beyond your own exhibit, of course?
1: Well, um, I've, I've been coming to CES for probably close to 10 to 15 years, so since the days of. When he was small, Okay. he was actually pretty small when we served Some of my friends have been coming here longer, but he, they, my buddy Morgan, who was one of the one of the parts of Nicholas since the inception, the very one of the very first employees, um, he's been he's been dragging me here for well over ten to fifteen years. And it's and CES was at that time was really small. It wasn't that big. It was um, and it's been really awesome to see it explode. I mean, it's literally taken up every hotel, every room, every building around it. It's just been getting bigger and bigger. And uh, it's fun to see all the new stuff. Um, I think that you'll see a lot of uh, air mobility going on. That There's a couple uh, um, hexacopters, one with Hyundai, some one with Bell. Watching those things becoming real life is is really mm. stunning because ultimately they're all going zero emission too because it's actually a better performance with electric drive. So they're trying to figure out how to reduce the weight. Mm. And it's neat to see those guys uh, uh, pioneering in that industry and pushing that industry. Um, autonomy has really kind of taken a back seat. It's been kind of, uh, you know, the last Three four years it was all everyone talked about. Now that everyone's kind of burned out on it, moving <laughs> on to new things. Um, so not as much autonomy here this year as 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 I would have thought. I still thought it would kind of take center stage, and it really didn't. It just kind of went away um, for the most part. And I think that the the for me, I I love. I'm a TV guy. I love TVs. So I my favorite thing here is I'll go look <laughs> at the TVs. I just love the thin OLEDs. Because right. I think that, you know, now they're getting roll-up TVs that are like, uh, LG has this roll-up L- OLED that's just like, you can't even tell it. It's the most beautiful TV ever, and it's so a roll-up. <laughs> so I think anyone coming in, a couple things would be is go check out the, the Bell helicopter, the Hyundai, uh, you know, hexacopter as well. Um, and also, uh, like, you know, LG and a few of those that are doing the really cool new TVs, 8- 8K OLEDs. It just is awesome.
0: Yeah, very nice. In the, and then in the come check rate. out the truck, obviously. I mean, yeah. that's is,
1: you know, you, you got to come see the Nikola truck in the, in the rider booth because it really is beautiful. Yeah,
0: there's really almost a, a commercial vehicle uh, section of CES at out this here. point. You know, you see quite a few uh, tractors that are, that are out here in the plaza. Uh, and then just uh, to take us home, you know, just a final uh, question about the future of commercial trucking. Uh, just describe... Trucking 20 years from now, I mean, what what's your vision? What do you think uh, commercial transportation uh, trucking looks like, uh, say, 2040?
1: 20 years from now, everything on the freeways will be moved autonomously 100%, almost 100 so maybe 99% will be all autonomous on the freeway. Inside the cities, I still, see, I still believe you'll see drivers driving all the loads in the cities. Um, and I believe that it, that's actually a positive, because I believe that the, the, these parents that are missing their kids' soccer team games actually be able to be home with their wives, sleep next to their families, go to their kids' soccer and recital and everything else, and then they still make as much or more money. So uh, yes, it's. Uh, I think in, in 20 years, you're gonna see everything being moved autonomously on the freeways, but almost, but most everything's still being all driven by drivers inside of the cities and distribution. And I think you're gonna see almost everything fully zero emission, 90 plus percent, and um, a lot quieter, a lot safer, um, I believe car vehicles will become more and more connected as they go mm-hmm. to help prevent wrecks from happening and alert systems. Um, I think that it's, a, I, I, I truly believe you're going to see holograms of the road ahead of you for 100 miles on, mm-hmm. on in front of you in, on your vehicle. And that's one of the things I want to, you know, I'd love to. Um, see happen and Pioneer is 3D mapping a hologram of the next hundred miles in front of you with all the vehicles yep. So you can kind of see where pileups are or what's going on mm-hmm. So you know what's coming before you ever get there and showing you weather and elevation and energy usage in this hologram It's just like I, I just see these it's just it's just a beautiful industry to be in. I'm so lucky to be here
0: Yeah, it's a really exciting time. You know probably the most exciting time in, in the history of this industry with all that we see coming to the forefront so much to write about but yeah it's a great is great for you great for me you know i've, I've yet to have a boring day uh, of, of work covering this industry in eight plus years uh, i do think that's a good stopping point i'll let you uh, Thanks, get back man. to the rest of the show it. and so enjoy much. the rest of it but uh right. thank you right. really appreciate the conversation thank you if you've enjoyed this episode rate and review us on apple podcasts and spotify i'm seth clevenger thank you for listening